I'm Shannon. I'm Mark. And this is Dirt Sailor, the podcast. You can find us on Podbean, Apple, and Spotify. We also have Facebook and Instagram pages under Dirt Sailor Podcast. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. Happy Throat Punch Thursday. How are you on this fine day? Pretty good. Yourself? Not too bad. Just making it through. Making it through what? Making it through the day. I see. Through the week. I see. Some days can be harder than others. So sometimes just making it through is good. Especially when you have little kids. Tish true, tish true. Sometimes I like to believe that we have elected some of the best and brightest narcissists. I mean, some of the best and brightest people out there. Definitely. But then every once in a while you hear something from an elected representative and you just wonder how dumb are you? Some of them be pretty dumb. Yeah, just like uh, the one who suggested that we just move the chains a little bit closer and get Guam out. You know, it's a little bit too far out there in the Pacific, so let's just move it closer because islands are floating paradises that are chained to the ground. And then there are other times where you hear someone like Nancy Pelosi, who just went on her little tour she went to Japan, Taiwan, talked about how they're our friends, blah, blah, blah. But then she calls China one of the freest societies in the world. They're extremely free. And I know they play a political game, but that just really makes you sound dumb. They're, they're a communist nation, so how free can somebody be when they proclaim themselves to be a communist nation? Well, they're not free. They live under a, a tyrannical system. Oh, a communist a system, a little bit of tyranny going on there. But yeah, I just, I don't understand how that's the leader of the House of Representatives. That's our number three in command. And the game she's playing is to play nice with China. But she can't just play regular nice. She's got to take it a step further and talk about just how good they are and how free they are. And She has to protect her husband's investments. And her son's. I mean, he is uh, following in his father's footsteps, I believe, that without the uh, DUI arrest, but following in his father's footsteps. Why not? Mommy helps. Yeah, give uh, pass down the insider knowledge. Maybe he'll marry a political type who will replace Nancy Pelosi as the House of Representative leader. Maybe he'll marry Ocasio-Cortez because she thinks that she's... Something special. Yeah, she's already engaged, so she would have to break off her engagement and then go with a Pelosi. Think she'll do it? You never know. Never know. So, so I, oh, go ahead. No, I'm sorry. You go ahead. So is Mr. Biden running in 2024 or not? Well, there's a lot of speculation. He hints that he's still going to be running, but then I guess there was a representative here recently that apparently thought she was off the record. When she proclaimed that Biden would not be running for re-election. 
So I thought that was a little bit interesting. I, I know there's all si- sorts of speculation. If they say that Biden's not running, if Biden just straight out and says, you know what, I'm good with one. I'm good with one. I'm done after this. You know, I've I've had a good life and, and I'll be done. Then they will consider everything that he does after that to be a lame duck sort of session. Like, oh, well, he's not rerunning, so we're not going to do anything with him. Which I don't quite get because when a president runs, gets elected, and then, or I should say a person, runs, gets elected, and then is reelected, shouldn't their second term be a lame duck? Or I thought that was just like the I don't care anything goes session. So why isn't that always the way they look at it? That's why I recommend that we change the terms to one, six years, and done. That's like Mexico. Yes, well... They're a little corrupt, though. One and done isn't really helping them. No, it doesn't work for them either because the political system is corrupt by its very nature. Yeah, when we'd have to work on our political system. Yes, yeah, so when you look overall. it up in the dictionary under politician, it's um, not an honest person most times. Yeah, definitely not honest people. And you know who else is not honest? Because we, um, we have our political types and they're not honest, but our, our big name celebrities... So it turns out that Leonardo DiCaprio has been funneling grants from his nonprofit through other entities that file climate nuisance lawsuits. And I guess some emails became uh, public knowledge, if you will. And that's how it was found that his nonprofit was sending funds to what they called dark money groups which would funnel the money to a law firm spearheading climate nuisance lawsuits nationwide. So Leonardo DiCaprio, he does his big name, climate change. We should, you know, put money to good causes, but really he's funneling to dark money sources. Well, like you've said in previous podcasts, I do believe that they should practice what they preach. So he should take a horse and buggy cross country or across the pond to go on vacation. Bipedaled species. He should use his own two feet. Yeah, they need to <laughs> practice what they preach because they're all fully a bully. Right. And he, yeah, he's a bully and he has, he just flies around, does whatever he wants, speaks his little piece, and then flies around some more, lives in a big house, has multiple spots he calls home because they off, uh, as, actors and actresses do they often live in more than one place sometimes temporarily sometimes more than one permanent abode why don't you have the tiniest carbon footprint there is if you're really out there to speak to climate change absolutely and isn't it interesting that people that are fortunate to end up with that amount of money seem to feel they have to dictate to the rest of the population how we're going to live how we're going to spend our money, what cars we're going to buy, what houses we're going to buy. Well, they fly around in G10s, live in 20,000 square foot homes, and don't practice what they preach. Exactly. The the Leonardo DiCaprios, the Al Gores, really what they're doing is they're taking your money, they're living the lifestyle that they want to live, that they tell everybody else to stop living. So they're all the same. In the name of climate change, and here I am going to Starbucks or, or a coffee shop similar. Okay, so 
real story. I just went to a funeral. And on my way out, I, I brought coffee from home. But several hours in, I was still needing another another coffee. I started super early in the morning. So I stop at a Starbucks. And I just get a plain coffee. And I leave. I pour it into my personal cup. I just didn't bring it in. I ordered ahead. Got it. And then I end up at my ultimate location again, another several hours away. I decide, you know what? I'm just going to get another coffee because it's still pretty early in the morning. I'm a bit tired. So I go into a second Starbucks and I go to pay with my app. And I have my cup that I got earlier from that first Starbucks because I didn't actually drink out of that one. I poured it into my my to-go cup, my from home to-go cup. So I asked for another coffee and I just said, can you put it in here? And they said, did you buy this from here today? And I said, no, I did not. I bought it from a different one several hours away. I'm more than happy to pay for the second cup of coffee. That's not an issue. Because if you don't know, if you get a coffee from the same Starbucks, a regular coffee, they will refill it for free. And I said, I don't mind paying. I just need another coffee. Well, they refused my cup because they said that due to current, you know, sickness and stuff like that, they can't take a used cup. And I said, okay, but I one, I thought we cared about the environment. Starbucks has talked about using reusable cups for a long time. And they're like, oh, no, well, if you brought in a clean cup, your own cup, next time bring in your own cup and we'll refill it. And I said, okay, but see, my cup is out in my car and I actually drank from that. I didn't drink from this one. I just poured it into my cup, which I had already drank out of. So technically, you're encouraging me to bring in the cup that I already drank from. A dirty cup. And not the one that I just used to fill up with coffee and then go fill my cup. And I went back and forth, you know, and I'm just like, it, it doesn't matter. Just whatever. Give me a new cup. I'll go ahead and throw this in your trash and it's going to go to your landfill. You know, this is great. But I realize we can preach all we want about being clean and good for the environment but when you try to say hey this cup has not been you know drank from I am actually bringing you that cup and you're encouraging the cup that I drank from to be the one that I bring in I just we're done I was done I was like whatever I don't care we'll just pretend we care about landfills with your little markers on your trash can it's because it wasn't processing in the young mind he or she could not grasp basically what you are asking them to do for you but yeah it, it's funny like here we are and we say that we care about straws and the environment or reusable cups but when somebody tries to do something we don't actually realize that i guess it's the same thing as leo dicaprio or um you know, insert other climate activists. We don't actually care. We just speak one thing and then do something completely different. Well, there's always that phrase, follow the money. Yeah, where's the money coming from? Where's the money from? going where's to? Money going where's it to? coming from? Speaking of fraudulent things, so we had something happen last week that's never happened in the history of the United States of America. So the FBI used a search warrant on a former president that has never been done in this manner ever in our history. 
and it allowed them to go ransack one of his residences, which in that we're now learning that there was attorney-client documents that were taken. There were, quote, supposed classified or and or top secret documents, which a sitting president can declassify at any time of his choosing, which he has stated in a little public address the last couple of days, they were de- declassified. Right. Apparently, uh, Trump was known to have a standing order, and I guess we'll find out. I guess you could go through the executive orders. I don't know if it would be an executive order or some other sort of standing order where this would occur. Um, but he had a standing order that if he took something from the Oval Office, from his office, well, President's office, which is his office at the time, and he then took it to the residence there in the White House, He his standing order was that it be declassified. That act alone was his standing order to declassify it. So not only did he have a standing order to declassify Apparently, it's come out that he had been working with government officials for many months because he believed some of the stuff he was allowed to have. They believed other things needed to go to the archives, and so there was some back and forth. Apparently, something like June, they had a request to come and pick up some boxes of documents. An official showed up, and Trump was there and escorted these individuals to the very location and said, these are your documents, these are the boxes, this is what I believe you're you're asking for. And so they saw everything. He wasn't hiding it. He gave them a grand tour. And then at one point, apparently, they made a request that he put a specific type of lock on the rest of the stuff that was being left behind. And he agreed and added the lock to the area, the room, whatever you want to call it. Um, but he did exactly what they told. They already saw everything that he had, so it wasn't some big super secret surprise. But yet when they went in, they demanded that all of the video equipment be shut off. And then they went into areas that were apparently not covered by the warrant and they would own or the search warrant, and they would only show the lawyer that was there the warrant from like ten feet away. They wouldn't get any closer to actually show the lawyer and because you're supposed to serve a warrant. You're not supposed to say, I have one, he, 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 you can't see it. You're supposed to serve it. Yes, and what kind of transparency is that? And they may have some reasons that things can't be copied, but when you serve a search warrant, you get to see, because you can say, hey, this says 123 Main Street, and you're at 456 South Street. You're right. not even in the right location. You know, bye. But so this is the way I see it. Part of it as a simpleton. Simple guy. Who's the attorney general? Merrick Garland. Was he not up for a Supreme Court justice? He was at one point. And? And he did not get the full nod because the Republicans refused to bring... His nomination to the floor, which was done by President Obama at the time. And so they sat on his nomination until Trump was elected. And then um, they just canned it. 
So can I say a bad word? I'll probably bleep it, but you can. He's pissed off. Yeah, because he, he said he personally signed off on said warrant. And then he, okay, so I did learn this. He went to the media, held his little show where he says, oh, sure, you can declassify. You can just release the uh, search warrant. Totally cool. I don't mind. I think I'm in the right. He's in the wrong. Whatever. You can declassify it. Or not declassify. It wasn't classified. Sorry. That you could release it because it was, um, what did they do? Not secure it. They sealed it. So he's like, yeah, sure. We'll unseal it. Whatever. But then the DOJ files to keep it sealed. They actually fought. To make sure that it didn't get unsealed. Ultimately, it was unsealed, so that didn't work. But it's just kind of funny where the big boss says, oh, yeah, we'll release it. But then uh, all of his uh, workers under him fight to keep it sealed. That's kind of weird. Same guy that signed off to go after parents at school board meetings, correct? Yes, it's the very same person who thought that parents are the worst thing in the world and need to have the FBI, DOJ, you name it, looking into them because the fact that they would push back at school boards is just unheard of and they're not being good little followers of whatever the government says they need to do. Sounds to me like he's just a disgruntled little human. He is a disgruntled human. Needs to get over himself. He definitely needs to get over himself, and I hope that this thing washes itself out. And they find out that they did this just as a political vendetta, and there's nothing to it, and we move on. So when something like this happens, you get every news organization who will come out and try to interview somebody. They'll get their 15 minutes of fame, or their re-fame, if you will, because they got their fame before, and now they're they're doing the rounds on the... The political shows or whatnot. So one of the individuals who is doing his rounds on the political shows is Peter Strzok. Oh, I thought you were going to say Hunter Biden. No, not not this minute. He he went off on his uh, tour of vacation spots, which we can talk about in a few. But Peter Strzok is out there defending the FBI after the raid on Mar-a-Lago, saying trust what the FBI is doing. Same guy we were supposed to trust with the Russia collusion. Right. He was saying how they were going to bring Trump down in the Trump-Russia collusion, and it turned out that Trump-Russia collusion was a story planted by Clinton, who he ultimately wanted to win the presidency. So I'm sorry if Strzok doesn't uh, get my vote for somebody who you know, stands behind the FBI. No, he was the FBI, and look what he did. Yes, and he's somebody that needs to be sent a roll of duct tape, and he needs to be told to take a piece off the roll and stick it over his mouth and go away. But it's just funny that that's who they decide to give airtime to to talk about how great the FBI is, the person who abused his position. It's because they're, they're like thinkers, that's why. That they are. So jumping to Hunter Biden and his vacation. So Joe Biden had COVID, had to wait his turn twice to be COVID free. And then he first pops over to Delaware to have a little mini vacay and see his wife again. 
And then he decides to go on real vacation shortly after that. And real vacation includes having Hunter Biden come on Air Force One. I think they took Air Force One for his vacation. But Joe Biden goes on vacation at a donor house, the uh, one of the donors to his presidency, his presidential election committee, donated thousands and thousands of dollars, and he just happens to be vacationing at this donor's house with Hunter Biden. I'm sorry. It's a free, quote-unquote, free vacation that they're taking. They're not paying money for this mansion that they're staying in. What part of that sounds acceptable? None of it. You should never... I understand presidents and other people they're going to have donors but once you are elected you're supposed to chop that line and no givesy takesies no backs and forth but here our sitting president is out there vacationing at mega donors mansion for free come on we've both had this training what's that called starts with a quid and ends in a pro quo yep so politics and people and interest. Our California governor, man, he's trying to hit a home run here with voters. Oh, what is it this time? Well, he has decided that he wants to continue with nuclear power. Oh, right, because they were shutting down our nuclear plant. Our because, last plant. Yes, that was bad bad juju and uh, bad electricity. So we were shutting it down. In fact, it was like... Days away, wasn't it? Yes, and now he wants to extend it 10 years. But I thought nuclear was bad for all those green people. Yeah, well, like, I really, like, <laughs> seriously, okay, if you look at all the green energy people, the vast majority of them are anti-nuclear. So why would this pro-green energy guy who has said we are going to go electric cars by, I think it's 2030, 2035, and we're getting off of all of these bad bad sources of energy why why would he come out and and say we can keep nuclear well there's more to it than just the nuclear he wants to fire up more desalinization plants more Wait. yeah more dams what? more water storage where did this come from and he wants to fast track it all he why? sounds like a new person because it's an election year for one he wants to run for president so he wants to look more conservative. Uh, yeah, he's not going to look quite so lefty-loony. That's correct. With that, because I'm sorry that he hasn't... I don't remember him being desalinization. And I thought it was anti-environment to have more water storage. Well, his greenies are very upset at him publicly. <laughs> because he's not doing what he's been called to do with the lefty-lunacy. Well, unfortunately... Most of the constituency around the U.S. are sheep, and they're going to fall for this one, too. And again, a bunch of them are going to vote for him and for others, and then they'll get the bait and switch once they're all put into office. Wow. I shouldn't say I'm surprised. I, I'm. He. It's so funny because he is saying all of the middle left things to say now. To try and appear that he's not so lefty-lefty, even though we have seen absolute lefty-lefty for years now. He's related to who? Nazi Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. 
Yes, and he's as left as they come, and I guarantee you that his handlers and her are telling him to move a little bit. Back to the right. I mean, it's still yeah. not right, right, but right. it's move left, towards right. the center, left center, and you'll be able to buffalo the constituents, and then, like I said, you can do the bait and switch. And Yeah, because who is that guy? I've never known. I, we've had him for four years. We're about to have him for another four years, because I believe he was elected in 2018. Here we are, 2022. He's the Democrat nominee for governor, so he would get another four years if he doesn't, you know, step down and his lieutenant governor take over once he runs for president. We'll see. Not all of them step down. If you notice, Kamala Harris didn't step down. She stayed as a sitting senator until, like, day of swearing in. So even after elected, she didn't even give up her spot. So he could still be governor. He might not. Right. Well, didn't George Bush... Junior, stay governor while he was running for president? Yeah, a lot of them do. I'm not saying it's every single one, but some of them step down. But, I mean, is it the ones that don't expect to win? That's the ones that don't step down. Right, because Bernie Sanders didn't step down. Elizabeth Warren didn't step down. Ted Cruz didn't step I think they all pretty much stayed. Um, Trump kind of started divesting in things. I don't remember if Obama was a sitting senator. When elected, Hillary Clinton didn't have, did she give up being a senator or was she still a senator when? No, I think she stayed a senator. The whole time. Okay, so I, I was looking at that the wrong. First none, time. Of them, none of them really give up what they're doing. Very, It's more rare that they give it up than they don't. So here's an interesting tidbit for you. It's amazing that a lot of people commit heinous crimes. Depending on who they are, they go to prison, and in a short amount of time, they commit suicide. So here's another one. Epstein did not kill himself. Okay. Nor nor did this Dr. Ricardo Cruciani. Cruciani. Is he the one that killed himself in the shower? Two weeks ago-ish. And what did said doctor do? Well, he was accused of sexually assaulting his patients. He died of a suspected suicide two weeks after he was found guilty of several offenses against six patients. He was a chronic pain doctor. He focused on people that had chronic pain. Poor guy was found with a sheet around his neck. In the shower? In the shower. Wait, he was able to get a sheet into the shower past the guards. Well, here's the interesting thing. I mean, that's interesting enough. <laughs> it is. But, yeah. but he was found guilty of, and he was at Rikers Island, by the way. Uh, not exactly known for its safety. Safety and honesty. Well, <laughs> in New York, too. Isn't that where Epstein was, New York? Yes. Okay. He was found guilty of 12 counts of predatory sexual assault, attempted rape, and sex abuse. So they kept him in an understaffed dormitory within the general population. He went into the shower area at 4.23 a.m., and an officer discovered him unresponsive at 5.35 a.m. 4.23 a.m.? Yes. So he was up showering. At 4.23, an officer found him unresponsive at 535 so he over an hour he was allowed to be in a shower 
even though it's been the policy that an officer is supposed to check on them every 30 minutes. Well, that's the same thing that happened to Epstein. He was on, well, okay, so he wasn't on suicide watch. He had been on suicide watch, which is like an every 15 minutes they're supposed to check on you. And then he had his lawyers convince everybody that he didn't need to be on suicide watch. So it's removed, and then it goes down to like an every 30-minute check or whatnot, and they didn't check on him for hours. So apparently it's the MO not to actually check. But it seems like, okay, it's one thing not to check in a cell. Epstein situation happened in his own cell. But he, this other individual, who was a sex offender, was allowed to have the run of a jail by going from his cell unhindered with the bed sheet into a populated, what could ultimately be a populated area into a shower, which is likely not an individualized cell thing because he was able to get out of his cell and then go into a populated area unchecked for more than an hour, even though there should have been a minimum of two checks in over an hour Three checks if you include, you know, doing it at 4.30, 5 o'clock, 5.30, presuming it would be on the, you know, hour and a half right, hour. hour and a half hour. There should have been three checks, and there weren't. And the official in charge does not know why he was not checked on. So here's a thought by me, because this is a pattern. So what the guy did was very heinous. It did not say whether it was against adults or children. If it was against adults, I'd let the guy pretty much rot in prison. If it was against children, I would have a different thought process in my head. However, with officers looking the other way and letting the general population or guys in the prison take these guys out, are these officers any better than the criminals they're supposed to be overseeing? I mean, I kind of don't know because I don't know if I would look the other way. I know it's technically my job and I have a sworn duty, blah, blah, blah. But if there is a big time sex offender and someone else is like, hey, just just walk away. You're like, well, a big time sex offender is going to be out of society. Would I walk away? I, I, I'm not agreeing or disagreeing. <laughs> But it's also a chance that these, then you get to you get to go to jail because you decided to participate by looking the other way. So as a guard, you also have to decide if that's a fate you're willing to be a part of. Apparently, they have a lot there that are. But it's funny that you bring. Not really funny. It's sad. So there, there's a man who went on trial in uh, Denton, Texas. So it's about 40 miles northwest of Dallas. His name, Mr. Edward LeClaire, actually I wouldn't even say Mr., so I'd say Edward LeClaire, who is 57, um, was found, was on trial for five counts involving one victim. And he was also a sex offender. After the verdict was read, he was sent to a holding cell next to the courtroom to determine the timing of his punishment. Apparently, before 
all of this had happened. He was uh, before he was found guilty. He was allowed out on bail, and he brought with him bottled water when he had his verdict read. When the verdict was read, he was then put into a holding cell to find out his penalty phase. So he actually chugs his bottle of water, or what appears to be water, after he's found guilty, gets sent to the holding cell. Apparently, the bailiff or someone isn't really feeling right about the way he didn't touch his water the entire time. And then right after he's found guilty, he chugs the water. So they get medical in and they send him off. He dies of whatever he had inside that supposed water bottle. But the um, it's just kind of interesting because I think about it and I'm like, okay, if he was guilty of said crimes, whatever sex offenses that he was guilty of, or I should say offenses he was guilty of, are we better off, worse off? Do they, is there, you know, is it that bad if it is a sex offense and the guy's now just put himself out? We are most likely better off. You know who's not better off, though, is the United States of America and how we're going backwards in race relations. We really are. 50, 60 years. We definitely are not better off now than we were 50, 60 years ago. And just so you know, they were investigating him for sexually assaulting a child. Hasta la vista, baby. So I I think we're a little bit better off than that. Okay. All good with it. So let's go back to race relations. Yes, we are, I would say we're worse off in the direction that we're heading, but I might have different reasons. So why don't you tell me why you think we are worse off? Well, recently, the Minneapolis Teachers Union signed an agreement that stipulates white teachers will be laid off first, regardless of their seniority. Right. I, okay, so I did hear about that. Part of it was they'll take seniority into account. However, if it's a minority person that would lose their job over a non-minority person, then they can take seniority off the table and let the non-minority person go. Same with hiring back if they let people go after a furlough and they're going to bring people back, they can put seniority aside and bring on somebody based on their race. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting because the term they use for that is called accessing teachers. And it describes it exactly as you say, that they will go after the one group first for layoffs and then they will go after the other group to bring them back should they have to lay them off because there's a drop in enrollment funding or other reasons. Right. Well, I mean, this is the model that we're going after. Even college freshmen today, their orientation materials are emphasizing diversity, equity, and inclusion over free speech. So now we're saying free speech is unimportant. Diversity is more important. In that regard, for the teachers, we're saying that as long as we have diversity, we don't care about outcomes for children. Right. Well, the teachers union there says that it's reparations for past discrimination. So let's discriminate now because we discriminated before and somehow, like at what point are we going to pick a year mark? Are we going to pick a people mark, a percentage mark? At what point 
have the reparations been paid and then we can just go back to everybody's equal have well, they did they put in there what the equality point for is? this particular policy the union says that the policies will move the district closer to safe and stable schools student educators who look like them and who can respond to them a band teacher and a member of the minneapolis foundation of teachers he's on the executive board told the star tribune that the agreement could be a national model for finding ways to retain teachers of color okay washington has already done this washington has already done the diversity plan and the equity plan and the inclusion plan and and they have already done this and it has failed the students and in fact, in a particular school district, I, could, I wish I could remember the exact one, but there was a diversity officer that was hired to make everything equal. And to, the, the hiring was supposed to bring everybody up, but they noticed that all the students were trending downwards. And when asked about it, the individual said, oh, I never said that everybody was going to go up. I said everybody would be equal. So we could be equal at the bottom together and somehow that is great for the students well and i'm sure that folks like dr king are rolling in their grave because i don't believe this is what he died and was striving for to get people more towards the bottom instead of lifting others up well and that's why there was desegregation wasn't that to bring everybody together right because separate but equal yes did not work it didn't work even though, going back in a little bit of history, even though the Supreme Court ruled in the late 1800s, separate but equal was good, and it worked, it turns out it would take us decades to figure out separate but equal did not work, and it did not keep things equal. So we go from the late 1800s, separate but equal, into the mid-1900s where we say Brown v. the Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas, separate but equal does not work, and we want uh, desegregated schools, and we want true equality, and now we're saying we will decide hiring, firing, and layoffs solely based on the color of your skin and not your teaching ability. And that's what worries me is the fact that a teacher, band teacher or otherwise, would come out and say that only black teachers can teach black students, only Hispanics can teach Hispanic students. You talk about non-inclusionary. I would love to be taught by a black teacher so I can experience their life and how it's different from mine, just like a Hispanic student should want to learn from a white teacher. Right, we should that's have called diversity inclusion. of thought. Yes, that's called inclusion. Yeah. Just oh. so happens in high school, my counselor, Mrs. Childress, was a black lady that if it was not for her, I would have had a hard time graduating because I was short of credits. And so instead of saying I wish I had someone who looked more like me. She was my hero. She actually helped get me straightened out and on the correct path. But somehow we're at this point where on college campuses, future teachers, 
because that's where teachers go to learn. Future teachers are learning that diversity, equity, and inclusion are more important than free speech. And they are learning to identify by skin color or what I like to call, and others have called, I'm not the inventor of this, but the oppression Olympics, where you have to figure out who's more oppressed than the next person because of insert reasons here. Instead of trying to build up, be free, free thinking, free thoughts, let's grow, let's learn and be something, we try to say how terrible things are, how bad off I am, and how I deserve to just pass. And that, I, I don't, I just don't get that. I deserve just to pass because I had a rough life. I don't actually have to learn. We had students at some points saying that you should just give some people a pass because their life was hard. Okay, my life was hard. Let's let this person be a doctor. Do you want that person operating on you as a surgeon? If they just got to pass the whole time? We have some of those. I think they work in workman's comp. Just saying, some of the stories I hear. Not not 100% sure. Yeah, well, I'm not quite sure about our doctors these days, too. There are some great doctors out there. Do not get me wrong. But Boston Children's Hospital is now offering what they call gender-affirming hysterectomies to kids who cannot legally drink. We're talking under-18s, not just under-21s, but under-18s. Boston Children's Hospital has informational guides out there on how to apply to their programs, and doctors who fully support giving the alterations of young girls' bodies so that way they have what's called gender-affirming care. Yeah, this is coming from our, our hospitals. So uh, a gender-affirming hysterectomy at the age of 16 years old just sounds phenomenal. Let's talk about gender-affirming care for a second, too. If you are unfamiliar with what it is, typically... When you were, if you were to go to a psychologist or psychiatrist and you were to say, I have a problem and you discuss your problem, your problem is I'm anorexic. Now, maybe you don't know to put the term anorexic on there, but you work through it with your doctor and you say, you talk about your issues and let's just say it turns out you are under eating. You are truly anorexic. You are not eating enough then doctor would then prescribe care and work with you so you maybe need inpatient care, maybe you can work with outpatient care, and to help you with the problem that is under eating, along with other issues that go with anorexia. Gender-affirming care, the doctor just has to affirm your own self-proclaimed diagnosis. So if you say, I am a boy trapped in a girl's body, the doctor in some states is legally required to affirm whatever it is that you just say said. You can't explore and see if maybe you have body dysmorphia or if you have other issues that are going on. Gender-affirming care is merely a doctor saying, yep, you have that. Now imagine if you're anorexic And you go to your doctor and you tell your doctor, I'm fat, I am overweight, 
you have to agree with me and you have to call me fat and you have to help me get on a diet. Would that be the healthy, wise thing for the doctor to do? Would not. So why is it in our our new society of gender affirming care? What kind of care is that? Gender affirming. The doctor's only allowed to agree with you. Your self-diagnosis. We can't even graduate kids at a high rate, and we're worried about gender affirming. We should be worried about math, English, science. And, and so now we're sending kids to doctors under the age of 18 and altering their bodies for the rest of their life. Whether it's a hysterectomy, you're physically taking out a female body part, or you're giving them drugs, you are physically altering their bodies for the rest of their life. You're stunting their growth. You are stopping them from having natural hormones, which could um, make them more biologically male or biologically female if their natural hormones were to progress. You are stunting their growth, and you are creating lifetime uh, medical needs. Medical issues for life, yes. But thank you, Boston Children's Hospital, for offering gender affirmation surgeries. What 16-year-old is like the smartest person in the room in knowing to have body alterations that they could never go back on. They can make their own medical decisions just by telling you, I believe. I believe. I, I read it on YouTube, or I, I watched it on YouTube. It is now my life. Oh, and by the way, children's is, children as young as 15 can undergo... um breast augmentation, double mastectomies in the name of gender affirmation. And at 17, uh, trans women can receive big-time surgeries that I won't dive deeply into, but a trans man can't receive them until they're 18. They have to actually be an adult. But it's just quite interesting that we are pushing for children, children, to have major surgeries. And if you have a hysterectomy and you take out all your lady bits, you're not just taking out your lady bits. You're going to go into menopause. You're going to have to have drugs for the rest of your life. And they're making medical decisions without their parents. Right. They don't have to have their parents. A lot of them are under. It's Yeah. When do we allow the governments to start dictating medical things that our parents or their parents should be in charge of. Yeah, and in some cases, we're cutting the parents out. They're losing um, their kids. Like, actually, the the government is stepping in and putting them in foster care. They are losing the rights to their kids, too. We are one confused nation at the present time. That we are. You know who was thoroughly confused? Who? Everyone across America during the beginning of COVID. Why I say that, you ask? Uh, uh, why do you say that? I do ask. Because you remember the little jab that supposed nurses to were supposed all. to take? It's supposed to fix everything. Yep. Or they'd be terminated? Yes. Even if they asked for a religious exemption? Exemption, yep. Well, we have our first settled lawsuit. Oh, yeah? Yes. And what did our first settled lawsuit bring us? Well, Illinois' healthcare workers who were fired or otherwise impacted by their hospital's COVID-19 policy will receive a $10 million settlement. $10 million each? 
it will work out to approximately it was 40 about 44,000 each there was a couple hundred affected in one form there was 60 or 70 affected in another way so it just depends on how it they depends ultimately depends on how you ultimately were affected and they also were given the right to their job back oh well that's quite interesting that they're allowed to have their job back Yes. After all this time. And the attorneys that filed the lawsuit and the win, they basically said, all right, you hospitals across America, watch out. This is just the beginning. Well, hopefully they start going after school district too. School districts, and I understand this isn't the jab, but the uh, Philadelphia school district has mandated that masks be worn for the first 10 days of the school year. But pre-K, so under five, pre-K must mask up all year long. Do you think they care about any of their religious rights? No, and it's interesting that it's the children that are least susceptible to getting sick. Are the ones that have to. And what do you think it's going to do wearing a dirty, snotty mask? It's going to make them sick. All day long. Yes. All day long. Is that phrase nonsensical? doesn't make any sense. It definitely doesn't make any sense. You know what does make sense, though? What's that? Is the housing market is in an official recession. No, they told us that wasn't going to happen. The R word, Biden told us the R word was non-existent. Negative, Ghost Rider, because that sector has plunged into a fresh two-year low. Now, I guess now's the time to start. Well, I guess now is not exactly the time to start looking for a house. You would always hope to get it at the rock bottom, right? Isn't that the goal? That's the goal. So you sell high and buy low, so you got to wait for it to, to bottom out. Well, there's a thing a little smarter than Mr. Biden. There's a lot a little smarter. Well, this little thing is called the housing market index, which measures the pulse of the housing market. And it has fallen for eight consecutive months to a number of 49, making it the worst stretch since 2008. Oh, and we we really went down between eight and ten. Like, that just was a free fall. Yeah, the index has fallen considerably in one year when it stood at 80. It peaked at a 35-year high of 90 in November of 2020, buoyed by record low interest rates at the same time. Right, and those were artificially low interest rates. I mean, sometimes it feels like everything's artificially low or artificially high. Yes, it was in the twos, 2.86. Right, it was... It was artificially low, and then they finally decided to take hold and do something. Yes, and the buyer's market index is down 37 points, so it's the lowest it's been in a long time. But there's no recession. There's no No inflation. No inflation. Well, I mean, last month we had zero inflation, according to Biden. So... I know we've talked a lot about the government and the negative stuff that they do, but I want to talk about something that may end up being positive. We'll see. It has to do with the Department of Transportation proposing a new package of rules that would make it easier for Americans to get their money back when travel goes wrong. So a lot of things have happened with cancellations and delays and I'm sure there's a a story 
that could be put out, you know, every single day in every single city with something that's gone wrong. One that I heard about recently was a couple who were actually sitting in first class that were they were traveling with their child. They bought a ticket for their child as well to have their own seat. And so they had three seats total in first class. Well, apparently a flight attendant told the mom that she would have to ride with her child in her lap and they gave the seat to somebody else. And if they were to complain, they would be kicked off the flight. They paid for three first class tickets and they were forced to only use two. Well, I would wait until I got to my destination. If that was back home or wait till I got home, then I would file for a 100% refund along with credits. However, this particular airline gives them out in seat miles or free ticket, whatever the case may be, they would reimburse me or I would be all over the news. I would sue them and embarrass them. Well, I think so far they're going to have to go with suing them because all the airline has done is offered a voucher, not even a very big voucher, but a voucher for future travel. And no refund on the seats. It might have even been like maybe some little airline miles, but oftentimes most people don't use airline miles, so it's not of value. Is there a policy with that airline that says if your kid is technically a lap baby, you cannot buy a seat for them? Most of them do not say that. In fact, if you, so for instance, reasons you might buy a seat because you don't want your kid to sit in your lap. If you're on a longer flight, I have traveled with a lap child. My daughter was a year old at one point when we were traveling with her and she did not want to sit after a certain point in our lap. She wanted to be in her own space. So I can truly respect buying a seat for your kid under the age of two. Some people even want to put their kids in a safety seat, like a car seat. That's very reasonable too. And airlines allow this per their policies and they will even give direction on what type of seats are allowed to be put in. Safety seats are allowed to be put in airline seats because not all of them work. And then two, if a person is a passenger of size and they need two seats because of their size, they would actually be required to buy Purchase two, two, seats, right. two seats as well. So you wouldn't tell a passenger of size, you have to purchase two seats, but ultimately we're only going to give you one anyway. That wouldn't make sense. So they do have rules surrounding when you can or when you have to purchase a seat, um, depending on who you're traveling with or your, your size. But it seems like they are disinclined to give refunds when they are in the wrong. They will eventually. But well, I'm just wondering if it was an airline executive that was trying to fly and it was the last seat. So they force moved them. They force moved a child. Or, but it, it's funny because that is a first class seat and it's a paying passenger. And I understand you can get kicked off a flight dep- no matter what uh, where you're sitting. But I would be really troubled if an airline can kick somebody off their seat or out of their seat and then say, we don't have to compensate you for it either. Well, and there's an airline I know of that I'm not going to say their name, but they have a history of doing this. Right. Uh, So anyway, the DOT has come out and they're trying to make it 
easier for Americans to get refunds for uh, disrupted travel that is the fault of the airline. So if there's a disruption domestically that's longer than a certain amount of hours or internationally that's longer than a certain amount of hours, you can get a refund. And I do think it is important that you get a cash refund. The airline's giving you a voucher for some future travel that expires. No, you're trying to travel now. And for a lot of people, they don't routinely travel. So these vouchers that expire in a year are also no good to them. Right. And $20, $20 gift cards never expire. So a $1,000 flight or ticket should not expire. Should never expire, nope. but yet they do. And honestly, cash refund. Give me the money. If you're no longer going to travel, maybe you've had the worst experience. You gave up my seat. I couldn't have my first class seat. I've had the worst experience on you. I'm never traveling on you again, or maybe I'm just never traveling on airlines again. Why shouldn't I get my money back? So anyway, the DOTs. Proposing a new rule having to do with cash refunds, which we'll see how that ends up working out. Well, I hope it does work out. You know what didn't work out? What didn't work out? A West Virginia snake guy. Poor dude. Oh, yes. He was a military veteran, too. I 80 believe. years old. He was a rattlesnake expert. And he got expertly taken down by a rattlesnake. He got bit by a snake on his property and taken down. He was a renowned expert on timber rattlers. That sucks. Who, interestingly, what I read today are not historically aggressive. They generally like to avoid confrontation, and they will not release their venom unless you're a true aggressor towards them. Uh, apparently, uh, they don't like being out on open property they like being in their little caves because they get mad when you displace them that is very sad it is speaking of displacing who are we displacing well the irs is going to displace a bunch of people's money with this new inflation reduction act Oh, yes, the new 87,000 new employees, more than doubling the IRS workforce, that right there? Yeah. But they're only there to be helpful. They're well, just helpful people. According to one of the founders of the Tea Party, he has heard or she has heard through their little grapevine that the IRS agents are going to start targeting conservative groups. And I can understand why they believe that, because back in uh, when we had Obama as president, the Tea Party was becoming very popular, and those who were filing for... You remember her name? Exempt status. I In charge of the IRS? It's failing me right Lois now. Lois Lerner. Ah, Lois Lerner. Not Lois Lane from Superman. <laughs> Lois, Lois Lerner. Lerner. Yeah, they started targeting uh, Tea Party or anyone who was pretty much bent conservative and not granting status and investigating. And if they did get granted status, they were looking into pulling their status and they put them through the ringer for a number of years. They and did. that is what we are going to be facing. There was here. folks in Texas that owned companies that had never been audited or visited by a government agency ever in their 30 years of existence. Shortly after the IRS finding out that they were donating to the Tea Party, they had OSHA 
EPA, FBI, visit them multiple times and drum up false charges, which they ultimately beat. But here you go. That costs a lot of money. Yes. They have to retain expensive lawyers. And here we go again with people saying all the time, well, the, the FBI agents on the ground, the, the common workers, they're just doing what they're told to do. Well, you know, you got to have a little bit of a conscience. And you have to have the ability to go to upper management and say, you know what, this is not what I went to school for. This is not what I learned. This is not how we treat fellow citizens. But instead, we just go about doing what we're told. Well, they told me to do it, so it must be right. Well, yes. And with this Inflation Reduction Act, somebody must have told some of those senators to take the billionaire tax hike out of it. Yeah, they couldn't get the billionaire tax passed, but those 87000 who do you think they're going to go after? Oh, do you really think they're going to go after the billionaires? There will be more agents... More employees, and there are billionaires. There's not 87,000 billionaires to go after. So who are they going to be focusing on? Correct, because there's only 1,000 billionaires. And probably 25 or 30 auditors could audit or watch over 1,000 billionaires. Yeah, because it's not a one-for-one. No. you're not. And even if it was a one-for-one, there's 1,000 billionaires. What are we going to do with the other 86,000? People. Right. Well, you know, I, I had a little bit of respect for Manchin at one point in time until he, he got bought. Until he got bought and helped spearhead this inflation reduction act. Because there's a new minimum tax in this bill. Yeah, uh, minimum corporate tax, I that, believe. Yes. And the corporations that it'll hurt the most because of the way they're structured is a real estate industry and mining companies. How you mean mining companies like from Virgin- West Virginia. Yeah. So the two knuckleheads. He's going to hurt his people. Yes, that were spearheading this thing. Chuck Schumer's one of them. So with the proposed 15% minimum on corporate taxes, the addition. By the way, that is something that I believe the, who was it, the World Economic Forum or who's the other one? Um with the G12 or G10? One or? of them. They they proposed that all of the countries, the top countries, sign on to this minimum corporate tax. So they've gotten this minimum corporate tax now. Well, it's always interesting how they do the math. Because I'm not a mathematician, but I'm a simple guy that can figure this out. So any corporation that shows profits exceeding a billion dollars, they will have to pay that tax. That's roughly about 200 companies. So they figure they'll raise $313 billion over 10 years. Because of the minimum tax. Yes. And unfortunately, or fortunately, because of all the carve-outs they put in this, all the padded little deals, it's going to hit two industries the hardest, which is real estate and the mining. That's one thing that gets me is like, okay, if you want to go after whatever it is that you say you want to go after, go after them all equally. If you want a 15% minimum corporate tax... It's got to be across the board. Stop with the carve-outs. They won't because some donate more than others. Right. And this is one area like with California where we had AB5, which is stopping a lot of the individual um, self-run groups. So they wanted, it, it has penalized truckers 
It was touted as stopping Uber from keeping their drivers independent and they would have to start having employees. So what it was supposed to do is take away the independent status of all these groups, all these individuals, and make them employees. So instead of being 1099, it would force them to be W-2. There's other taxes that go with that. And so AB5, the the stated goal was to stop the independent consultant worker loophole and to make everybody W-2-waged employees. But then they had all of the carve-outs, all of the exceptions. One of the exceptions is like a lawyer. A lawyer can still have, you know, hang out their shingle and be independent. It's like, no, either it's good for everybody or it's good for nobody. When you start carving out who you're going to allow to be exempt, and then you can see all of the other people that you've decided you don't like today. Maybe they didn't donate enough. They're not a good source of money. Those are the ones that you're going to stick it to. Interesting how this all works, isn't it? Yeah. It is. So I'm just curious as to out of this $313 billion, which is $31.3 billion a year, they're projecting over 10 years in a perfect world. We've already sent more than that in a minute to Ukraine. um, How much is it going to cost for these new IRS agents annually? I believe the stand-up cost, they they got $80 billion dollars to stand up the new 87,000 workers. So if you figure they're all, you know, going to be on the GS pay scale, average GS pay scale is going to be at least a 10 plus all their benefits that they get to go with that. The I, I want to say they carved out 80 billion just in the stand up. It's going to cost more well over 5 billion dollars a year. And that's just in salaries and benefits it's not even their physical space they're going to need cars if they're going to go drive all over they're going to have to go to training the cost of their guns because they're going to be armed agents the cost of the training the bullets that you're going to have to buy so they can practice the gas the electricity all of that is going to cost even more billions. So if we're going to get $31 billion a year, but we're going to spend $29 billion. I don't know what the actual number is. I know it's more than five. But once you start adding everything up, what what did we do? We just made a more bloated government. Yes, we just added more employees to the doles because uh, we are running a deficit in the nation, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. By the minute. <laughs> So this is, gonna do noth- this is going to do nothing. Nope. It is not going to do anything. It's another experiment that's ultimately going to cost the common U.S. citizen more money in the form of taxes. Because they continue to go to the well, and the well's about dry. Absolutely. People are tired of giving up their money to these folks that don't know how to manage it. No, and they like to believe that they do. I went to college once and took some classes. I know my stuff. I always use that saying that liberal arts people shouldn't be spending other people's money. Absolutely shouldn't. So let's talk about the subject of murder for a little bit. 
So in New Mexico, we talked about this last week, a, an individual was wanted for the killing of four Middle Eastern men. Well, it turns out it was somebody in the community, an Afghan individual. Afghani individual is the main suspect in the slayings of four Muslim men in Albuquerque. He had been arrested several times for domestic violence was seen on camera slashing the tires of a woman's car. So apparently he has a pattern of violence, and I guess that he uh, is the prime suspect now in killing in the killing of four other Muslim men. So I wonder if he was just a nut job or if this was a, a tribal thing, rivals so, between Sunni and Shia or something like that. There was some stating that there was rivalry there um, between Sunni Shia Shiite uh, rivalry, so that it has been put out there. More information still forthcoming, but yes, yeah, so that is something that has been noted. In another case, a model in Hawaii has been arrested for killing her boyfriend. At first, she was treated as a victim, but now it appears that she is suspected of murdering her boyfriend. She was found on surveillance video actually beating him at one point. So now that they have more video evidence of her actually assaulting him, they've arrested her for murder. Who solved the crime? 5-0? 5-0. And another murder that happened. Lots of murder going on. But this one happened uh, a couple decades ago. I don't know if you remember the name. Scott Peterson? Killed his wife? So he was convicted of murdering his wife and unborn child. Yes. In California. I guess the state of California... Um, or Scott Peterson's attorneys to the state of California are arguing for a new trial saying that one of the jurors sought to get on the jury for notoriety. So they are trying to get a new trial and they're saying that he deserves a new trial because of a tainted jury member. Mm. Can I throw a little sidebar into that? Yeah, go ahead. Mr. Peterson. So you remember his girlfriend? I do. What's her name? And now I am going to go completely blank. Amber Fry? Amber Fry, yes. Yeah. Sorry, now that you said it. So, just so happens. It's a small world, six degrees of separation. One of my coworkers, who will remain nameless, his sister owns a hair salon, hair and nail salon. And this young lady actually worked for her. Really? Yes. Worked in her salon. Wow. That is a small world. Yes. Yeah, but just to be clear, Amber Fry did not do anything wrong. Correct. She did not know the entirety of the situation. Scott Peterson was lying to her or made appearances that he was... Not telling the truth. Either that or she's an excellent liar because she right. said she did not know, know he was married. Any of it. Yes. Thought that he was single. So that was news to her. And I guess once everything was hitting the media, she actually came forward 
to tell the police that she was in a relationship and had no idea that he was married and all of that. Yeah, she was lying. She was good because uh, her testimony and what I saw of her in the news, she was very compelling. That she was. So I guess Scott Peterson got, I believe, a new trial as far as the sentencing went. There was something going on with that because they've been fighting for years to get a new trial saying that he was wrongfully convicted and... um and then it was the penalty phase needs to be redone. So they're still fighting to try and get him a complete new trial. Yeah, he was definitely innocent. Rented a boat, went fishing up in the Delta, supposedly right exactly where his wife's body was found. Ultimately found, yeah, yes. No coincidence there at all. None at all. So you want to talk about our defense secretary? Current defense secretary? Current defense secretary. The one that wears like a mask and a shield and is quadruply, triply, doubly vaccinated every other month. Yes, so he's been fully vaccinated, has had double boost shots, and he just tested positive again for COVID. Maybe it's Biden's fault because we see him all the time like... He puts on his mask, but then as soon as he gets off a plane or does something, he's like taking it off around people. Maybe it's Biden's fault. Very possible. But our defense secretary's doctor did tell him had he not been shot and boosted and boosted and boosted, his symptoms would have been much worse. Well, I'm sure. I'm, I'm here to tell you, we don't know that. We don't, because some we people, as not. they told us, have no symptoms. They are the people... That have zero symptoms and are giving the sickness to other people because they are unknowingly infected with it. And because they are symptomless or the appearance of no symptoms, they're giving it to others. So you can't tell me that he wouldn't be symptomless. We don't right. know if he would be or not. Well, and at least finally on the symptoms and on COVID, even though a lot of people have it, the severity has gone down a lot. Yes, it seems to be starting to actually really turn endemic to where it's just going to be like a flu, finally. Only issue is, concurrently, when they were working with this in Wuhan, supposedly, um, they're working with monkeypox. Oh, and that's going around, too. And now we have a new one, monkeypox. Triple, double vax people. Yes. Want to go back in the Navy? Good old government. I, I want $115,000. Absolutely. But I don't have $65,000 in student loan debt plus another fifty k that they're willing to fork over. Right. But you do it, you have to do it by September. Well, this September. Yes, because they do it by fiscal year. Right. And they're so. not meeting their quotas. Yep. So they're trying to encourage people with money. Yep. No branch is meeting their quotas or will meet their quotas this year. I'm surprised they, well, they were lowering the ASVAB score. I think that they would take, I think they're starting to, Army is saying you don't have to be a high school graduate. Now the Navy, they're offering up to 115000 which is 65000 in student loan forgiveness, $50,000 cash. So uh, I went in at the wrong time. No. <laughs> I got no disabled doubt. at the wrong time. Yeah, disabled by that at the wrong time. I could have had $50,000 and I could have been disabled. No, 
Sorry, that's not funny. But. So you ever you ever seen a marine osprey flying in the sky? Yes. They're actually pretty cool when they're flying. They are. Had a lot of issues with them for a long time, but they've worked the bugs out for the most part. Unfortunately, one crashed in Norway recently. Oh, goodness. Yeah, and it was pilot error. Was it? Yep. The crash was caused by a series of maneuvers at a low altitude that exceeded the 60-degree angle of bank for the MV-22B Osprey. He lost altitude and airspeed. It turned into an 80-degree bank, and he could not recover. That's terrible. Unfortunately, four Marines lost their lives. That's terrible. That really is. So here in California, we have a traveling nurse who has been charged with six counts of murder in a fiery L.A. crash. And it made the news. There was a surveillance video that caught her. At one point, I think they said she was doing 100. Another point, they said she was doing at least double the speed limit, which in that area was 30. There was a traffic signal that was letting traffic go one way, and she was going crossways, and she just rammed into traffic, and vehicle burst into flames. So apparently it's come out now that she has been involved in 13 prior wrecks. Do you have a drinking problem? She might. I don't think that that has fully come out yet, or at least I haven't seen it. But she had a conflict problem. She was known to... Not get along with people? Not get along with people, I guess you can say. Um, But she was... Involved in 13 crashes, both in the state of California and outside the state of California. One in 2020 involved bodily injuries and two vehicles being totaled. There was no other information outside of that. She is apparently, uh, sorry, she is considered to have a documented profound mental health issue or issues. So I want to know why she was hired in the state of California as a traveling nurse if she has profound, documented mental health issues. I'm speechless because she should not be working as a nurse, traveling and or otherwise. Yeah, so they are looking into her for, they're, they're still investigating this accident further. At this time, though, they do not believe that the evidence suggests she was under the influence of alcohol, but they don't say if she was under the influence of anything else or if that's just a belief. They don't believe she was, but, you know, not all tests have come back yet. But, yeah, so now we're looking at this nurse who is responsible or apparently responsible for the death of at least six people. That happened in L.A. County? That, that happened in L.A. So I'm surprised they haven't just let her out and said, we well, feel sorry say, for you. feel sorry for her. They have well, a good Well, she's a person of there. color, too. So I'm surprised they don't just say, well, you know, it's a wash. Well, the D.A. might decide that it was a car that did it, not her. Well, Gascon, speaking of uh, D.A.'s, apparently has survived this round of trying to oust him, the recall, because... Almost 200,000 signatures that they gathered. They gathered over 700,000. 
almost 200,000 of them were thrown out by the uh, registrar of voters. How come? Didn't meet the requirements or suspect. So they threw out almost 200,000. So he's not going to be recalled. But that also happened to Newsom. The first time, the first go around when they were trying to recall him is they just decided in some cities and counties just not to accept the forms. <laughs> so I, I don't know that that was the case here. I'm Let just saying see that here, no corruption. they have a lot of leeway in tossing out or not accepting signatures, which it's funny that they would toss out or not accept almost 200,000 when they quit looking at signatures during the 2020 election, they started accepting everything. But there was no corruption in the 2020 election. None at all. Cleanest one ever. You know who else is clean and on the up and up? Iran. Of course they are. We need to give them a nuclear deal. So there was just a uh, an attempted assassination on U.S. soil by uh, the Iranian government had a fatwa out on well, technically not the government, but the government out on an individual. And so that was executed, so to speak. And now we have another case where an Iranian operative is being charged with an alleged plot to assassinate John Bolton. John Bolton? Yes. And somehow we're still trying to work out deals with Iran. They're totally honest. Yeah, they are either attempting assassinations or actually attempting to carry them out has already gotten to the physical stab-stab realm and we're still somehow working with them. Yeah, it wouldn't deter me from working with them either. I like them. They're such honest people. Oh, that they are. Well, thank you for talking with me this week. Thank you all for listening to us this week. I really enjoyed the chat tonight. It was awesome. This has been a podcast produced and edited by the Dirt Sailor Duo. Mark and Shannon are a father-daughter team who both served in the United States Navy. This production is protected by copyright laws. Until next time, anchors away.